Hello there, Stephen. Who this? It me, Mario. How are you? I'm uh, low, low energy, frustrating day. Trying not to bring that into the recording with me, but yeah, I've I've been better. How are you though? Very tired. Are you? Yeah, I was up late last night, and I'm just tired now. Are you tired in general, or do you think it's just pinned down to that one specific? Last night was a late night. I've been tired lately, all right, but it is because, like, I know it's because last night was late night, mm. you know. Now, I took a day off my diet at, over the weekend, so I went boozing and marauding. Oh, no. You know, that that left me kind of a bit whacked as well, but, but no, it's just I was up late last night, and that's why I'm tired today. Tell us about your boozing and, your, and tell us about your marauding. So I decided to take my day off of dieting on Saturday because then I'd have Sunday to recover. And I had lots of lovely mimosas and cocktails and booze and I'm a li- cider. So I'm disappointed on two fronts. Chips. <laughs> on the first front is... Prayer of rashes. Okay. Right. Continue. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So firstly... Disappointed because you, you were doing so well, but to be honest, everyone deserves a break and even, you know, every granny in Ireland will say you can take St. Patrick's Day off your Lent. What I'm disappointed in is Ferrero Rochers and mimosas. Like, you may as well be hung for a, a sheep as a lamb. Like, mimo No. Wow, what's wrong with mimosas? There's way better alcohol if you can be drinking on the one day that you can drink the alcohol you're drinking. Yeah, but you don't want Anthony Nelson as a morning booze. Mimosas are good for morning booze. Ah, d- mimosas are just screwdrivers for quitters. Quite what's in a screwdriver? Vodka and orange juice. Go for it. A grand Russian morning. Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't. I wasn't drinking to get absolutely Scott Langard. I was just drinking because I enjoy drinking. Scott Langard. There's this week's episode's name. Okay, so you had your. Mimosas and you had your cedras and what else did you have? Didn't have cedra, I had cider because cedra is fucking gross. And I had cocktails as well. What kind of cocktails? That's a good question. The memory went blank after your fourth mimosa. I had a tequila sunrise. Hmm. And I had something with grenadine in it. Maybe that was tequila, so I can't remember. Some other drink, anyway, with orange juice and lots of other booze. Cool. How did you feel then after it all? I actually felt grand. I was a bit tired, you know. Are we talking after the same day now or the hangover? The hangover. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I felt kind of a little bit sad as well when I was finished drinking that night. Because? Because it was kind of like, ah, oh, this, this is something I like doing and now I have to stop. Yeah. Right. Go back to my normal life. Is that something, uh, apropos of, I, I will come back to that in a second, but is that something you have trouble with? Say, if in, in the middle of something, you you get a little bit of ennui and go, ah, I like this and this will end soon. How do you mean? Well, just like that, when you when you said, um, oh, when you were finished drinking, you know, and still probably, you know, having your, your non-St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day, 
just a little bit of of ah oh, shit that's that's over now for the day rather than being in the moment it was at the very end i was on the wee for the day yeah but you had a good time i had a good time and i'll pick it up again in april uh at easter but yeah no i was sort of i enjoyed it but it seemed very short yeah you really brought a touch of sadness to that good day but i know exactly what you mean it was something yeah it was, it was nice and i really enjoyed it. it it was just like a little window into normality which you need mm. so what was your your setting then Do, were you just at home on your own doing this no i was over home i went over like my parents house yeah which again of course contributed to the feeling of normality because you weren't on your own yeah yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's absolutely what you need, especially on a, on a day like St. Patrick's Day. And I can guarantee you there are people out there, because I saw them myself on St. Patrick's Day, that were having a far more normal uh, day than that. So I, I think on the scale of, of what you have to feel sad about uh, it is very, very low. I, I'm glad you had a good time. I had a nice time. How was your Patrick's Day? My Patrick's Day was actually really good. I got up in the morning and did a run, uh, which I was I was proud of. I'm, I'm trying to get back into running again because we are doing a fucking health thing. Uh, so I, I I'm was proud of myself that I was able to do that. Though my tits were sore the next couple of days and they're still a little bit sore uh, since I went out. Well, I went out since they hurt since Saturday. I went out and did a run on the Paddy's morning. Were you tweaking them or something? No, I'm just kind of swinging my arms, you know? and And so that's... I guess it's not something I'm used to doing. And I was doing my push-ups and my sit-ups and stuff as well. So that's, you know, when I haven't been doing them, it, it, it's hurting my tits to get back into that. Mm. Well, when I say my tits, like, I mean my sides. Do you know what I mean? Like I know, yeah, you're the muscles around your shoulders and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. After that, then, I went up to the graveyard and I was cleaning a grave, which was an odd St. Patrick's Day thing to do. But I did it with family and that was nice. Afterwards, then, I went out and did some public drinking on my own. Oh, and that that's was actually, a hard thing to do. It was actually lovely. I took a bottle of wine uh, to a public park that I won't uh, mention. To just, an underpass. <laughs> under under the Queensborough Bridge. Uh, I just took to a local park and sat by some ducks and read a book with, with a glass of wine. And it was lovely. Mammy, why is that wine not trying to be sophisticated? <laughs> just keep walking son <laughs> now that you say that like it did strike me when I was in there and there were kind of you know local kind of authorities and stuff uh, walking around and none of them batted an eyelid an eyelid <laughs> shit I was going to edit that out and you, you've taken away that opportunity from me no one batted an eyelid at me because I don't look like the stereotypical person who would be you know, drinking out in public. And so there was none of that kind of prejudice there, which I I was very cognizant of as I was doing it, that probably 20 feet away, uh, if there were someone who did stereotypically look like a wino who would be drinking under the Queensborough Bridge, they would have been getting awful shade. I think the little hole at the top of your mickey should be known as an eyelid. (laughs) No, it shouldn't. I think it should. No, an eyelad is what a really, like, unhip dad calls Mike Wachowski from Monsters, Inc. 
when they're trying to relate to their child or grandchild. I have no point of reference there. You old man. Mike, you've seen Monsters, Inc. as a child, I assume? No. No? No. So it's like Billy Crystal plays this little monster. You've never even heard of Monsters, Inc.? I've heard of Monsters, Inc., but... And is, Monsters, is, is, Inc., I was not a child for Monsters, Inc. was out. Doubt you were either. I would say that was probably one of the last, like, Disney movies I went to see in the cinema at the age where that was okay. Let me... We haven't had our special guest on for a while. Hey Siri, when was Monsters Inc. released? Second, in, she's shy. Second of November two thousand and one. Right, I was eleven. Old enough to have sense, if you ask me. Old enough to have sense, definitely. But yeah, I, okay. So you would have been then, I guess, like what twenty? Well, behold, you asshole! <laughs> Just gone sixteen. Yeah, okay, so you would have been too old for Monsters, Inc. Then I get it. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Uh, go back and watch it now. Like, Pixar movies are always charming. You're not a Pixar fan? Just don't like cartoons that are for kids. Some of them are great. Uh, Inside Out is a fantastic... Uh, I like movie. Animaniacs. I find them quite fun. They're good, but they have an adult twist to them. They do, yeah. A Soul came out this year, the newest Pixar movie, and that was fantastic. Adults can watch that. No? I don't know. What's it called? Asshole. Soul. It's about a, a jazz musician who dies and his his soul uh, finds its purpose trying to to help people. Okay. That's very good. Sounds a bit convoluted if you ask me. That does lead us nicely into something that we said we wanted to talk about uh, on the topic of adult cartoons even though the really charming ones you just do not have the heart for, and I'm incredibly disappointed. Do go watch Inside Out. Fantastic. But the South Park vaccination special. It was shite. Shocking. Yeah, I, it just wasn't funny. I, I watched it because, I mean, I didn't even know there was a special coming. So when I found out uh, about it, I got super excited because I'm a huge I'm a huge South Park fan. I wrote my college thesis on South Park. I uh, I love everything they do. And so when I saw it was coming, I got I got so excited, especially since it was on vaccination, because when these guys come with the topic and with the message, you know, it's going to be something great. But this time it wasn't. No. And the thing is, a lot of the what they're dealing with seem, you know, is weird anyway. For me, it, it felt like they were. Delivering something they were contractually obliged to do or were doing maybe for posterity to say, hey, this is a big thing that happened and we have to have an episode on it. Rather than, you know, communicating this this burning message they have uh, uh, with these, usually the, the episodes that the specials that will come out of nowhere. Usually there's a big point to them. But this one, if there was a point, it, it missed it. Or I, I would reckon I'm probably on the money with the contractually obliged thing. Quite possibly, but they, that never really seemed to, you know, they can write an episode in a week, so, so, so I mean, contractually obliged thing isn't sort of enough for them to drop quality. No. So, let's, let's hit the, the episode a little bit, because I, I was like viscerally disappointed by it, just because of what a big fan I am, and look at some of the story points, because... I'm not even sure if there was a good episode they could have got in there. Because like a lot of 
a comedy at the moment is kind of floundering because and this is something I guess I'll look back to later it is that things are too mad right now to make something funny about it because what's funny is how fucking bizarre things are you know and anything someone can make up just won't compare with how bizarre the next thing that will happen is yeah it was like parodying trump you couldn't because he was already so ridiculous exactly so i i think parker and stone kind of nailed their flags to that that idea but i am afraid that things are probably going to be weird for a while so you can't you know let that stop you giving it the the old college try you know Mm. in the episode we had like the main a story was about old people being vaccinated and essentially like the walgreens pharmacy became this exclusive nightclub that only old people could get into and people were trying to like lie cheat beg steal and, and borrow their way into getting into that and i don't know the idea that old people could like only have this club and and there, there wasn't a joke there like there's no biting satire that they were trying to communicate and south park they can either make things very very buried and subversive or they can just call a spade a spade and, and there it is they didn't do either with this and so the impression i came away with was that actually this is like someone who has someone like parker uh, and stone who has a platform just kind of unbeknownst to themselves venting their own frustrated feelings about not being vaccinated and not being allowed to carry on life as as it was before which is a good point to make but that's not South Park. That's not what that's for. I mean, I couldn't... There was no deeper meaning or, or joke to the old people disco thing, you know? And the while it was funny in the name, the, the QTs. That one had zero bite to it at all. And if anyone is going to make absolute shit of a bunch of, you know, right-wing batshit crazy people like QAnon... It's South Park should have been amazing at that, but it again there was no joke to it. It it was just oh look here's those those pesky Q and on guys and like I I think that was more a story mechanic to integrate Mister Garrison back into being Mister Garrison again because that that whole like that that B story was about well maybe they just had two A stories I don't know but anyway Garrison came back and he's no longer Trump and he's adjusting to life back in in South Park so. The townspeople who are essentially representative of QAnon are trying to interpret what he says as as a key into some kind of conspiracy around COVID and, and they channel this into Tudor Anon and become a homeschooling service trying to indo- indoctrinate children into conspiracy theories. But there, again, there was no joke there. Like the- Yeah, it well, it just it wasn't funny. Like it, it there was nothing, nothing you could hang your hat on. No, and and they did something at the end which was really lazy, uh, heavily Python-inspired, but executed extremely badly. So at the end of this uh, uh, story, they they tied it up with Garrison, accompanied by his, because he's an ex-president now, he's got a a Secret Service agent uh, with him, and the QAnon, one of the guys from QAnon, they just get sucked into this, like, polar ice cap white void essentially and 
the fourth wall breaks and the animators just start turning the QAnon guy into a dick. Yeah. And like, weird. and it just, it, it ends up then with, with, with Garrison saying, Jesus, I wish things could go back to normal. And his secret service agent turns into Mr. Hat. Like that's, first of all, that's so timid. It's almost embarrassing. And it's just, there, just there, there's no joke. You know, yeah, it's, it's it. It just did, yeah. It well, that was I think the main thing of it. It was just void of of anything funny. Yeah, and like I will forgive South Park not having a joke if they've got a message, uh, because South Park kind of have almost become kings of that. You know, I learned something today, uh, trope uh, or or monologue at the end of an episode, but there was there was nothing, uh, and it was just it was just paint by numbers tv which is really beneath two of the most creative uh, satirical minds in television of i don't know i guess when did it start like 98 or something and yeah it, it's i just hope that they don't go behind this uh, uh you know curtain of shit's too weird to, to make it something surreal if you get comfortable in that they're never going to get the bite back. And if, if South Park can't do it, everyone's kind of fucked. Well, the thing is, the, their previous episode, Pandemic Special, was really good. Yes. So, I mean, it's one episode that they've really hit, hit. But the problem was it was a special. I mean, if it was hidden in a series, you kind of go, huh, whatever. But to do a bad special is... Exactly. There's no point doing a special if it's not... You know, there, there was no point. They, yeah, sure, they lined their pockets a little bit more, but these guys are millionaires many times over. They, they didn't need to do this. I think it's just done them more damage uh, than good. And it was, yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah, no, it's hard to just, like, I didn't even know whether, until you, you brought it up there, I didn't know whether I had just kind of gotten it wrong. I wasn't paying enough attention or whatever. And that's a kind of not great thing as well, because it's, like, to ask yourself, did I not get it before you go, hold on, this was just bad, is giving creators too much, you know, uh, uh, leeway to not be held accountable to have to make quality stuff. Yeah. See, the thing is, I could be watching something and I could be tired and not just not paying mm. enough attention. And and I could have just, you know, and that was my sense. That being said, regardless of whether I'm tired, most of the time when something's really good, you know, you pull yeah. me in. One thing I will say for it is the animation is better than it's ever been. I, do, I don't know if you picked up on that, but the animation for this episode, I don't know. I think maybe they've just got a new, uh, maybe, maybe they spent longer at it or maybe they just got some new tech. But the animation was fantastic. But again, that's not in the spirit of, of what South Park traditionally has been. It started out done on, you know, cardboard construction paper. South Park isn't supposed to be. A, a super well animated show it's supposed to be tightly written very uh, keenly observed and and relevant and it just didn't hit the mark no it was a swing and a miss swing and a miss indeed so anything else new with you this week i'm suffering a little bit of that that same thing that i suspect uh, trey parker of suffering it's just frustrated feeling of of not knowing when how or what the fuck is going to happen that i will be able to go out into the world again i only realized yesterday that i haven't had a conversation 
in person with someone who isn't a member of my family since the end of January. Yeah, that's not good. It's no, it's not great. And like, there's been so much leaked slowly by the government, uh, say by the government, like we can all kind of point fingers mostly at who it is about when things are going to come back to normal. It almost feels like they're kind of taste testing it for how people are going to react before the April 5th announcement. So like, I, I think what we might get is the 5k limit gone. Um, loosening restrictions around who can be in your bubble or how many households they can come from and some staggering some staggered kind of sports events or not sports events but sports activities and construction and stuff other than that not much has been leaked of note and it just reeks of you're only rolling back on things that people have been fucking ignoring anyway that it's a it's a political move not a medical one very much in the line of like if you can't seem to be enforcing the rules change the rules it's such a fucking defeated non-event yeah i'm not as optimistic for the for the april ruling but it's like this is insane when you think about it we're like four months almost half a year of nothing And, and i mean it's been just nothing it's not like last year we didn't have this we had bits open Mm-hmm. It's just nothing. It's all. it's amazing. It's it's even come to the point where I don't know. Like I'm not depressed or in trouble, but sometimes I, you know, I'd be sitting here at my desk and thinking, "Holy shit, my life is being wasted here because of the restrictions." And I know that's a very you know self-involved way to think about it, and I, and I always dismiss it by thinking, "No, look, it's for the greater good and everything." But it still doesn't change the fact that. A whole year of your life where you could have been doing things is uh, lost. And, and that's really upset, upsetting. It is. Like a few months ago, all right, I kind of made a decision that if it's downtime, you know, I'm going to try and make the most of it in mm. terms of the, what I have control over. So, you know, the diet was one aspect of that. And I want, you know, I want to work on my course and get that out of the way. I want, you know, I just want to to do all the things that I have in my remit to do. Mm. So I, I did kind of take that attitude that I didn't want it to be a waste. I wanted to be able to turn around at the end of it and go, well, you know, I write a few things that, but it, it you know, that it's a sort of a, a poor consolation. Very, yeah. And it's, it's shit to kind of wind down an episode on a bum note, but I don't think it's a bum note that no one else is feeling, and I think it's okay to get it out there that I am, yeah, like we're allowed to be a little angry that we're losing so much, especially since fucking human equivalent of the Muppet Beaker with a big flappy head, Ronan Glynn came out and said, we need to knuckle down and uh, sacrifice even more for the next couple of weeks. Like, dude, how much more can those of us who are trying really give yeah, and also that gowl of a Simon Harris coming out trying to blame people. What was this? He came out saying, oh, and he doesn't think we'll be let out after in, in April because people didn't work hard. And it's like, oh, yeah. You know, you're not going to convince your anti-maskers. No. If anything, we can just see them 
I mean, fuck, their support is growing. They're getting more vocal. And of course, they're getting more vocal because frustration plus time always ends up in some kind of reaction. So, I mean, that, that that's always going to build up. Whether the numbers are growing or they're just getting louder, it, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, like, telling people to cop on when the people who need to cop on aren't listening serves no one and, and will be his own downfall in the end. Yeah, it's a sort of a pathetic... It's a pathetic sort of um, schoolmastery type attitude to have as a politician. Absolutely. I think no politician uh, uh, really is covering themselves in glory at all from, from Mary Lou's kind of petty, sh- you know, shot taken because she has to be the ones to take the shots to, to, to those very same schoolmasters who are just, I don't know, trying to come across as statesmanly or whatever but just yeah they're, they're getting it wrong and, and empathy across the board is is just not showing at all i mean they, they will have speechwriters give them empathetic lines to say it but there's no ounce of of genuineness in them to actually uh convince us that they believe that mm. i i hope you're right and i hope they do give us a bit more scope in april I do. And and just to get one little bit of salt rubbing in their uh, unempathetic wounds, I saw pointed out during the week that on LinkedIn, Leo Varadkar still has himself listed as the Taoiseach of Ireland. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> what a fucking wally. What a wally. <laughs> okay, Adam, have a good week. All the best, Stephen, and have yourself a lovely week and stay away from your, your mimosas. Ooh. And yourself. Up yours.